This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Tic Tac. Minty, refreshing, classic. And it's not just the Tic Tac mints. It's the new track by Canise with beats that'll leave you feeling as refreshed as a Tic Tac and a vibe that'll take you on a ride through 100 layers of flavor. Does it get any fresher than this? Tic Tac, enjoy the bright side. That hundred layer joy ride. Pop one, let's paint the town. Freshman flavors all around. Take a ride on a Tic Tac. Pick up a pack of Tic Tac mints today. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry de Bromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McCain. Join us at allaboutsunday.com. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And as the countdown to Irish Champions Weekend continues and the countdown to the jumps continues... We will be having an All About Sunday open day on the weekend at Gordon Elliott's Yard. Oh, yeah. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. And if you're an All About Sunday owner, or you're about to be, if you were thinking, is now the time to buy? Now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, check out the All About Sunday app for more information about how you can be there with Gordon Elliott and uh, all of the other all about Sunday owners. It's going to be a lot of fun. From time for Mark Milligan is here. What's up, Mark? Yeah, all good, all good. I had a couple of winners last week, so that so it keeps the wolf from the door, doesn't it? If you have a, a couple of winners, and we'll, we'll aim for a few more this week with some uh, some good racing, including Group 1 action here, France and America. Yeah, we've got Group 1 racing on all the continents, everywhere, uh, but particularly when we're building up to Several shows next week. So we have uh, some specials for Irish Champions Weekend. We are doing an Irish Champions Weekend solo podcast and a Doncaster St. Ledger solo podcast. Mark will be on both. Uh, ben is going to be on at least one of them. I think he might be on both as well. Um, there's another. There's an Irish pundit, but am I to say anything about this? No? No? Okay, all right, better not. Um, we have Lucy uh, here with us today. Oh, by the way, Lucy Russell-Hughes, the other Lucy, will be here with us on Monday to review the racing. We have a betting special coming your way because uh, 
The big sports books have been closing accounts left, right, and center. Don't know if you're aware of this. You probably are. They've been shutting them up left, right, and center. Oh, you're winning? Yeah, you're done. Uh, thanks very much. Including uh, several listeners getting in touch with us about being asked about how they didn't submit info they were asked for, except they were never asked for it. I have no reason not to believe them, particularly uh, when after I got these raft of emails, a very good friend of mine rang me and said the exact same thing had happened to him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about uh, the betting industry and uh, just more reasons of why you should be betting with Kaluki. Kaluki Sportsbook. They're going to be there at Haydock, at Ascot over the weekend, but Kaluki Sportsbook online, get in touch with them. They will look after you, and we'll talk about the prices for you now. But we've got a Doncaster St. Ledger preview special and an Irish Champions Weekend preview special for you uh, next week, which will be a lot of fun. Mark on both of those shows. Uh, weekend review and big stories, as usual, with Lucy Russell Hughes on Monday, a betting special, and we've got some stable tours coming up for you too, so... Lot to look forward to, uh, lots to be excited about. Uh, we're also going to announce our winner, which we were supposed to do today. And I messaged Tawala a couple of days ago going, have you picked the winner? And she goes, yeah. So I don't know if Tawala has reached out to you and said, congratulations, you won. Can you give us your address and your number? And the reason I don't know this is because Tawala's now on holidays and she didn't tell me who won, Mark. So it's not like I can now just go, <laughs> oh, congratulations, the winner is... Uh, Lanfranco de Tori. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. I have no idea who won. And she's on holiday, so I don't want to be a dick about it and just like, hey, tell me, tell me who won that competition. And she never forgets things. So I don't know what to tell you, uh, except winner will be announced on Monday and another competition will begin then as well. Right, Haydock, to kick things off, 1.45, uh, live on ITV, as are most of the races that we're talking about today. Uh, the going is good to firm as we record and reach for the moon. Ooh, an expensive flop at the Royal Meeting uh, has been suffering a real dose of seconditis. 11 to 10 with Kaluki and has closed from... Actually, sorry, has lengthened out. It was 10 to 11 this morning. Uh, Bayside boy, Roger Varian, 7 to 1 into 6 to 1 now. William Buick on board. First time uh, first time blinkers for him, first time visor for Reach for the Moon. It's the same price for Dark Shift, who's also sixes. Jim Crowley, the red-hot Jim Crowley on board for Charlie Hills. Uh, same price for Triple Time, Andrea Zini and Kevin Ryan. And then Brunch has been cut from 12s to 10s by Kaluki. Paul Mulrunnen, apparently a good each-way sport for that. As things stand, we have the dead eight. Who do you like, my friend? Yeah, I think this race revolves around whether or not you want to take a short price about reach for the moon, who's actually been beaten, finished second on his last three starts at relatively short prices each time, two to five, seven to four, eight to 13. The visor goes on for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's a pass from me. It's Thanks. not encouraging. Yeah, it's, it's not encouraging, is it? And his old rival, Bayside Boy, he gets blinkers first time. So, of course, these two fought out the champagne sticks at Doncaster almost exactly a year ago. It'll be a year ago, like the week after next, weren't it, when we preview the St. Ledger meeting at Doncaster. There was a head between them that day. Uh, I think if, if I was going to choose between the two, I'd probably just side with Bayside Boy, to be honest. But I'm looking away from both of those. Oh, go on, going triple time. Horse Yes. yes, hang on, triple time. Great minds, baby. Take it home. He's got a lovely pedigree, hasn't he, by Frankel out of a mark of esteem. Uh, he's a nice big type. He's the type who'll train on at three as well. He's obviously had his share of problems, and that's, that's why we're not seeing him until 
sort of September of his three-year-old career, but he was an impressive winner at Hayduck on his third start by nine and a half lengths. Then he won a listed race there as well. Again, going back almost exactly, could be, uh, it will be this meeting uh, that's taking place at Haydock at the moment last year, but he won at, he won the listed race by a length and a half from half it. He was a useful opponent. Triple time, he looks the type to go on at three for me. I don't want any part of reach for the moon at a short price. I'm quite happy to take him on with Kevin Ryan's Frankel cult here. Yeah, I love the pedigree. Uh, I love the form from last year. It's a slight, slight little bit off-putting that he hasn't raced since for a year but not so much particularly not coming from Kevin Ryan's yard and um, they had classic aspirations for this fellow so I'm excited about him uh, the next race we're going to talk about is the 220 uh, it is a handicap over a mile and six we've got 16 runners Tamilla Foliam Haggis and uh, Kieran Fallon 11 to 2 at the top of the market uh, just ahead of Michael Bell's horse with Benoit de la Sayette in the saddle he's down to 3 cl- pounds claiming now Inverness uh, for Kieran Schumark and Charlie Hills is a 7th shot and open champion in those hills that we just talked about is a 15 to 2 shot for Roger Varian as trainer this time and Andrea Adsini take it away son yeah, this is a good race, isn't it? It's, a, it's an open race. Three-year-olds going a mile and three quarters. I can absolutely see the case for Tamilla being favourite. She's won her last two starts. She's shaped in those last two starts as though she could be even better at this trip. She's won over a mile and a half on those last two starts. I, I think she's probably still relatively well-treated. Off 85, I just wanted to go in a slightly different direction, actually, because I thought Open Champion was interesting here, given that this will be just his fourth career start. So he could well be underestimated a little bit still by the handicapper. He didn't need to be at his best to win a Lingfield Maiden by a neck last time. That race was a means to an end, really. He did what he, he needed to do. I I like the unexposed angle with this horse. I think plenty of these, although the three-year-olds, plenty of them have had lots of racing now. So the handicappers kind of got quite a few of them pinned down. I'm not sure off a mark of 87 whether he's got Open Champion quite pinned down yet. And he's of major interest in here to me. Yeah, I would not put anybody off that selection. I was very intrigued by William Haggis's horse as well. Um but I think I'd be more inclined to go with you and uh, an open champion. Uh, this takes us to the 255, £51,000 handicap uh, over a mile and six. Sulcum, it's that man again, William Haggis and Kieran Fallon at the top of the betting. Uh, two to one with Kaluki, and he has been backed in from threes this morning, so it was well-supported. Contact for David and Nicola Barron. Uh, ben Curtis on board, 11 to two from 13 to two. You can Glenn, Jim Goldie and Paul Moran is a six to one shot. Who are you looking at, my friend? Yeah, the race obviously revolves around Sulcombe, who was a, a very impressive winner of the Melrose at York just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's not gone unpunished by the handicapper, though, who's whacked him up a full stone for that. He still gets in at the bottom of the weights here by dint of, of weight for age. And to all intents and purposes, he's likely to be a group horse going forward. The thing is, it's all about price, isn't it? And I'm not sure I wanted to be with a horse at that sort of price in a competitive handicap who was drawn 13 
of 15. Yes, it's a mile and three quarters race, but you've not got a massive run to that first turn. And he's a horse who tends to be ridden handily. I could see him get, getting hung out a little bit wide here. I'm going to go for my old friend, Yukon Glenn, who I put up in our Ebor podcast as a, as a stonking bet there after he hadn't got the run of things behind the actual Eber winner, uh, Trawler Man at Goodwood, two starts ago. He's finishing well. And I don't think he got the rub of things at, at York either. He finished seventh. He had to kind of work his way through. He got stopped a couple of times in the run. I think this horse is, he's nine years old, yes. I think he's got a big handicap in him off 105. He's drawn relatively wide as well, but I'm not concerned about that as much for you, Ken Glenn, because he tends to be dropped in. I think he'll be, he'll be sat chilly. Paul, Paul Mulrennan will ride impatiently. I think there'll be plenty of pace on. I could see him coming through and picking these up late. So I was going to go for, for the old stage of you, Ken Glenn, over the obvious potential of Sulcombe. It's a Group 1 company, and the Betfair Sprint Cup over six furlongs, good to firm, sees Minzal as the 130 favourite in the Shadwell colours. Jim Crowley, Owen Burroughs, is the trainer, and uh, obviously he would have trained an awful lot more for Hamdan Al-Maktoum in the past, but uh, you know, he's, having, he's having an okay season, just not quite with the numbers that he once would have had. Uh, but this represents a terrific opportunity for him to get another Group 1 this season. Um Naval Crown, already a Group 1 winner at Royal Ascot for Charlie Appleby and William Buick, is 4-1. to one. Emirati Anna, last year's winner, an 11-1 to one shot that day, 6-1 to one with Kaluki for this race. Kinross, who beat the lovable Polgo last time out, a 7-1 to one shot. Frankie Dettori will be in the saddle uh, yet again for Rafe Beckett, whose horses are in tremendous form. And Art Power, 15-2 to two from 10s with Kaluki. Uh, David Allen in the saddle for Tim Easterby, and that is latest betting on the 3.30. I mean, this should be the big race of the weekend. It's it's lacking a little bit in quality here, and this is coming back to the same old story about the sprinters. They're just, if you keep on rolling the dice, eventually your turn will come. Um, and with that in mind, who are you going to side with? Yeah, I think you're spot on there because they're pretty much of a muchness, aren't they? Naval Crown and Minzal kind of favourites by default really I wasn't absolutely convinced about Kinross dropping back down to six furlongs I was interested in our power at the prices I like the way he had a prep run over seven last time at York behind Kinross that'll have got the freshness out of him he was a bit too keen over seven furlongs I'm going to throw you a little bit of a, a, a hospital pass here because I want you to cast your mind back to the last year's running of this race, if you can, when Art Power absolutely scorched along. It was about three lengths clear at halfway. And I don't know what you thought, but I thought he was just made too much use of there. He just went simply too hard and eventually finished fifth. I think if David Allen can ration a bit of that speed on Art Power here, he'll be tough to catch. So... Like you say, you can chuck a blanket over them, really, but I was very keen on, on Art Power from the one store. Wasn't D'Souza on board last year? He was, yes. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I think that might be in the review of the show, actually, that he just gunned him a bit too much. I do remember being disappointed... Oh, who was... What was the name of the horse? Starman. I remember being disappointed in him, uh, but also 
being delighted for Kevin Ryan and, and Emiratiana. I kind of got the feeling that Emiratiana might just come right here. Um, don't think Maidan went to plan at all. I think Dubai was a bit of a disaster. And his defeat at Royal Ascot wasn't as bad as it looks. I mean, if you finish 15 to 24, that looks pretty bad. But there's there's not much actually between him and Naval Crown. And um, he gets closer uh, behind alcohol-free at Newmarket. It's four and a half lengths, so he makes up ground on Naval Crown that day. I'd, uh, yeah, I, I'm inclined to think that he might just bounce back here. But you're not getting the 11 to 1 this year. And maybe if he drifts in the morning and then hit Kaluki for all you can. Uh, but I think I'd, I think I'd take a chance with Emiratiana. It's, the each way terms are going to be very favorable in this race as well. You know, you're going to get extended place terms. So I will be doing... I'll have won the Euromillions by the time this race is being run. And I'll already have rung Sarah Lynham and said, right, we're buying uh, a few nice horses at the horses and training sales. We're getting a few two-year-olds. We're really going to rev it up in terms of the ownership stakes. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, but I will be doing a scumbag each way, Lucky 31, and Emiratiana is probably going to be in it. And that will be, that's, that'll pay the training fees at Sarah's then for my fleet of new racehorses. Um, shall we, anything else that you want to add in there? Any other big price horse that you want to add in for the Sprint Cup? Yeah, I, I do uh, want I, to I, just... I, don't want to, I really don't want to be down. God, it's an awful no, race. I, 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 yeah, and with that in mind, I think it's worth having a long look at Harry Three as well, who has really gone through the ranks in handicap races this summer. He then won a listed race at Deauville. And yes, he went back to Deauville for the uh, pre-Maurice de Geest behind Highfield Princess and Min's Alley. He was behind a few of these. But I just wonder if... he went, Let's be honest, he wasn't beaten five. He was only beaten three and a half lengths into tenth. And it could be that that first run at the top level just brings him on, just seasons him a little bit. And he's essentially a new face, isn't he, amongst a, a bunch of old hands. And I just thought he was worth a look at what will be a big price in here. Art Power is my win selection for the race, but it would not surprise me at all if, if Harry Three was to progress again and prove better than he was at, at Derville last time. Yeah, I remember looking at the three-year-olds and trying to figure out who's going to come through here. And initially, I was quite keen on Castle Star. I've gone cold on him since. Now, it might be that he needed his run back behind Laddie's Church. I was very keen on Aiden's horse that day, wasn't I? Um, mm, yeah. New York City. Uh, at least if it was Cadamosto, you could have said, eh, we got fourth. No, no, trailed in last. That, that project hasn't worked at all. Um, but he, you need to forgive him that. Now, he's had 49 days to recover from it, and you're getting 18 to 1 in compensation, and the stack horses are flying it. They are flying it. Uh, and he represents that new blood, that new form line too. But Harry, Harry 3, at least, is bringing more race fitness to his side and consistency. So I wouldn't put anybody off either of those two. In fact, maybe I'm going to have a complete about turn here, dump Emiratiana, and go for one of the 
one of those two instead. Because uh, it just it needs an injection of something different. It needs uh, this division desperately needs a shakeup, and right now we're we're not seeing it. Like the idea that Minzal is favourite. Okay, uh, it, it's a group one. You know, I'd love to be really enthusiastic about it, but I'm I'm a bit cool on it, quite frankly. Uh, ask it, National Racehorse Week, fresh. Here's one for your notebook. Did you see, well, you're the two-year-old handicapper for time form. Did you see ensued today in the 220 at Salisbury? We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you know, I haven't seen any racing today at all because in, in diligent fashion, I have been locked away all afternoon doing my prep for this podcast and I shall be about. reviewing... I shall be reviewing this afternoon's racing later on this evening. So that's what uh, the record so button is in. for. Yeah, that's what the record button is for. Um, I've kind of built this up a bit now. He got beaten, but I really liked his. I, I was very intrigued by him. He's a son of Lemon Drop Kid, which are becoming a, a rare commodity. Trained by James Franchot, mm-hmm. so he was always going to need the run. Uh, the winner was very impressive, owned by the Queen. Uh, Circle of Fire for Sir Michael Stout. There was a horse that cost ten billion for Godolphin in second. Uh, Tabrata. How much did he cost? Was it a million he cost? Six hundred and fifty thousand euro. Uh, but ensued was bought for one hundred twenty thousand dollars as a yearling, sold for two hundred sixty thousand euro as a two-year-old. And with Franchot, who you know, James's horses are going okay, he's at three and fifteen. Uh, so twenty percent strike rate in the last fourteen days. But he doesn't have the kind of runners that he once would have had and his two-year-olds tend to need the run i loved it i really i can i can give you an exclusive here if you want because i've just pulled up the the time form report from the race which has already been filed and i can uh read you what our reporter has said uh about ensued who hails from a yard that don't have many two-year-old debut winners and with that in mind, showed plenty of progress after a slow start, catching the eye with his finishing position, his finishing effort, sorry, under mostly hand riding, sure yeah. to improve, possibly significantly. Oh, I'm loving that. Sounds like he might get a large P when the ratings uh, come out, but we shall we shall wait and see on how that one because they shall be finalised in the morning. How did Timeform read my mind for a race report? Uh, the only thing that's missing from that for context is that he blew the start. And yet he still managed to finish in front of some well-bred types uh, to be third. I really liked it. He's out of a Danehill Dancer mare by Lemon Drop Kid, who's one of my favorite stallions. Um, 
he just looks all over a winner next time and stakes class, in my mind. Now, maybe I'm building this up a bit too much, but trust me. Do trust me, bro. Back this horse next time out uh, in suit. We'll, we'll, be, we'll get a nice day with him. We'll be getting the gravy with Ensued. Uh, he's no fancy entries, but we'll, we'll be having some nice days with him, I suspect. Uh, anyway, the reason I'm mentioning that is because James Franchot's got the favorite, Fresh, which is a good film, which stars Daisy Edgar-Jones and... Wait. Sebastian Stan. There, I got it. Uh, Bucky Barnes from the MCU. Uh, worth watching on Disney Plus now, but don't watch it with your kids. But it is funny. And quite dramatic. Uh, fresh. Four to one with Kaluki. Inver Park. Eleven to two. Aratus. Ugh. Do I keep on just falling off the cliff with this fella? Do I? Do I? Six to one from eight. Or maybe I am going to. Maybe I am going to fall off the cliff again. Because, you know, if there's money for him, then he must be going to win. Uh, Space Trucker. Richard Hughes and Ray Dawson. A nine to one shot. Having been backed from 11s with Kaluki this morning. Uh, and Golden Voice was eight to one. Been pushed out to 11s for William Haggis. And Adam Farher. All right, talk me through our first race at Ascot, the three ten for us. Oh, it's an Ascot straight track race, which means you could need to be drawn low, you could need to be drawn high, you could need to be drawn in the middle. We we just they they, they I find it almost unfathomable at times the the Ascot straight track. So I'm going to go with where the pace is, and the pace looks. High to me here. Oh, having having a look at the uh, time form pace map, there are more darker reds towards the high numbers, and I think that should help a horse we've talked about several times on the podcast before. Shining blue of Said Bin Saroz. Now he looked basically a group horse in the making, didn't he? When he rattled off his first three wins, got a hat trick up at Newcastle when beating Latiharty. He was then drawn near the Isle of Wight at Goodwood, wasn't he, in the, a big mile race there, and just never settled on the back of a wide trip. Um, I fancied him again at the York Eber meeting. The hood went on for the first time. When we both fancied in that race, Tyrrhenian Sea ran a cracker to finish third, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but Shining Blue himself... He, again, he just never settled. Now, whether that was a hangover from when he'd raced at Goodwood and was trapped out wide and got no cover, stuff like that, but that was over a mile. The key here is he's dropping back to seven furlongs, and I think he's going to get a fast pace to target. And I think he's, when I was looking at the race earlier, <coughs> excuse me, he was a double-figure price. And for a horse who's got, tons and tons of potential but whose form has just been muddied a little bit I think by his last couple of runs there's loads to like here about this horse down to seven furlongs Neil Callan who's been in superb form as well taking yeah. the ride lots and lots to like about Shining Blue uh, Neil Callan is a guest of mine on Racing Live on TalkSport 2 tomorrow actually I'm um, looking forward to talking to him uh, we will have him uh, we'll upload the the Neil Callan rant about Kempton, which is gold. It's absolute gold. Um, imagine taking a brutal fall. Not even wanting to talk about that. Just wanted to talk about the fact that they couldn't handle rain. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll upload that uh, from TalkSport 2. But he's on tomorrow, as is Ed Walker. Uh, so we'll get some good insight from both. And um, looking forward to that. Uh, Shining Blue is interesting. Do you know, 
I actually might end up back an artist here. Uh, and the only thing that's stopping me is the time form pace map. But if I do, I have no one to blame but myself because if I back this horse again, I really am just falling off the cliff. Like, and that's the only thing it can be described as. It's utterly. If I back him again and I, and if and I fail in my quest in backing him, then it's my own fault. I'm a sucker. Uh, right, Ryan Moore, riding for the enemy. Well, we all have to eat. Ryan Moore, Charlie Appleby, and Godolphin team up with First Ruler in the Heritage Handicap at three forty-five. It's a coffee company, isn't it? Lazav. Lavetsa, Lavetsa coffee. Uh, give me my, um, give me my Tassimo. Well, thanks very much. Uh, seven to two with Kaluki, Lee Yakil for William Haggis and Adam Farr is eleven to two. Fantastic, Rob Havlin sixes and Chairman seven to one from eights. Talk to me, my friend. Yeah, this is um, a race that Charlie Appleby looks very keen to win as he fields four. Of the 11 runners, is, is it four? I think it is. One, two, three, yeah, four. Five there's, there's in a... total, but Saeed's got one. So Godolphin yeah, are just like, we, we want... What's going to really top <laughs> off our season is winning the Heritage Handicap at Ascot on the Saturday. <laughs> and um, so I thought the booking of Ryan Moore was really interesting for first ruler. Yeah, as I say, it's not, it's not a booking we see every day, is it? Ryan Moore riding for Godolphin and Charlie Appleby. And he's a, a horse who I think has shown a ton of promise in his four starts today. And what's really interesting, I think, is that when he won last time at this track, in a race that's proving strong form, actually, a couple of winners have come out of that, he shaped as if he was ready to go up from 10 furlongs to a mile and a half. And it's a mile and a half he gets here today. Yes, one or two of the other Charlie Appleby horses are interesting. I'm not sure they've got quite the potential of first ruler. We've also got to consider Fantastic from John and Thady Gosden. He gets cheap pieces for the first time. But I was enthused by that run. That's just a good word to use, isn't it? I'll use the word enthused by that that run of first ruler last time because I think he shaped his, his first three runs were over a mile. He then stepped up to a mile and a quarter. He won by just a neck from Eternian. As I said, a couple of them uh, see the Casper and Scampi have won since out of that race. So although there are only six runners, I think that was a strong race and he shaped very much there as if he's a horse who's got more to come over a mile and a half. That, coupled with Ryan Moore taking them out, makes him a strong bet for me. I couldn't disagree uh, at, at all. I... I was a little bit taken aback when I when I saw Ryan Moore's name beside First Ruler. Do you think that if Ryan celebrates this victory, he's going to have to issue an apology to John Magner, Michael Tabor, <laughs> Mr. Opal, uh, and Derek Smith? Get, going back a few years, didn't uh, didn't it virtually end Frankie Dottori's Godolphin career? Basically. When he, he won the St. Ledger for them. Basically, yeah. When he won the St. Ledger on Scorpion and he, celebrated, he did the flying dismount, he had to do a Channel 4 interview. Remember Channel 4 was sponsored by Dubai? Which I don't have any problem with, by the way. I like Dubai. But he had to do an interview with Channel 4 where he said that he regretted it and it was a mistake. And he shouldn't have done it. He just <laughs> won a race. You won a classic. Godolphin were doing nothing at that time. Oh, man. 
Good old, good old Sheikh Good old Sheikh Mohammed. <laughs> I mean, if he's not just snatching people off the street. What? 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 Yeah, that all went quiet, didn't it? Uh, no one wants to say a word about that anymore. Kidnapping somebody in international waters. Move along. Uh, Dubai Honor. We talked about him on Monday's show and uh, comments that William Haggis had about him. Essentially saying to me that he would be devastated if Dubai Honor didn't confirm superiority with Sabusker. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, he's a really good horse, though, and he's 11 to 8 favorite for the Unibet September Stakes, uh, the old enable race. 205 Kempton. This will be live on ITV. It is an arc prep, but not really. Um, in name only this year. Uh, John and Thady Gosden for Dane O'Neill. Uh, 130 with Mushtadaf. Solid Stone. Sir Michael Stout and Richard Kingsgood. 13 to 2 and Gear Up for Joseph O'Brien is a 7 to 1 shot. Uh, who do you like? Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Yeah, I think it's hard to to get away from Dubai on him. He's essentially he's he's a I think he's a Group One class horse or borderline Group One class horse, isn't he? In a Group Three race now, I just haven't been absolutely convinced with his attitude under pressure on his last two That's starts. Fair. That's fair. Um, I I go back to the comments that that William Haggis made in, in the middle of the summer, where he said he didn't want to run this horse on anything other than, than soft ground. And his last two runs uh, have been on, both at York, have been on good to firm. And what was officially good ground in the Judmont International, but I'm just going to, I'm going to have a very quick check to see what we called the ground at time form that day. I should know off the top of my head. Yeah, we called it good as well. Um, I just, I thought he just looked a little bit iffy under pressure. He didn't look like the kind of horse even dropping back down in grade that I'd want to take a short price about. I think the problem in here is I wasn't too enthused about too many of his rivals either. I'm prepared to give another chance to Third Realm, who was mightily impressive in May, enlisted company at Goodwood, finally fulfilling his potential, or I thought he was finally going to fulfill his potential. I thought he was going to be a really good horse last season. And he's clearly a horse who's had problems. He only made three starts last season. He's only made three starts this season. You've got to really just put a line through that run at San Clude when he was beaten a million lengths by Alpinista and just say that, that something wasn't quite right there. I I'm siding with third realm, but I'm siding with him very tentatively because obviously that last run is still relatively fresh in the memory of he has had 62 days off since then yeah the 62 days off is is significant it has to be uh and it's intriguing that they've decided to bring him back here and his form was you know, he was very a very good winner at goodwood um i didn't dislike the comeback at ascot um but he does need to turn form around with dubai honor on long shot form last year i think this represents a good opportunity for for Dubai Honor. If he can't win, if he can't win this race, then he definitely comes out of of the tracker. 
he says, having just mentioned that I may very well be putting more, yet more Euro on Aratus, who I did remove from the tracker, but can't quite get away from. Uh, first view gets first team, first time even, cheek pieces for Said Ben Soror, uh, with Christian Howarth claiming five. And is a five to one shot with Kaluki Sportsbook for the two forty at Kempton. Morgan Ferry, William Haggis, and Tom Marquand, eleven to two. Spirit of the Bay, Clive Cox and Ross Ryan, first time cheek pieces six to one. And Dutch decoy with Oliver Stammers for Charlie and Mark Johnston, a seven to one shot. Having been backed from nines with Kaluki this morning, as we record now at about five o'clock. Right, two forty at Kempton. Handicap for qualified horses only. Series final. Talk to me. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be a, a good day for Saeed Bin Saro because I really like First View in here. I know a few people crabbed his head carriage when he was seventh in the John Smith's Cup last time, but it's still seventh in one of the most competitive handicaps of the season. Yep. 22 runners. He was only beaten three and three-quarter lengths. That was a miles better handicap than the one he's in on Saturday, he'd previously won at Leicester by two and a half lengths from He's a Gentleman. This represents a good drop in grade. I like Christian Howarth. I think he's a good jockey. I think he's well worth that £5 claim. The draw in stall seven is all right, right in the middle. Gives him plenty of options. I could see him getting back on track here. The, the key here for me is the class drop. He's dropping out of something that was like a naught to 105 or something, the, the John Smith's Cup, into, if you take out the top horse, is effectively just a naught to 90 handicap. Good prize money on offer, but it's just a naught to 90 handicap, really, in essence. And I'll be disappointed if First View doesn't go very close here in first-time cheap pieces. Agreed, and I think the 5-1 to one is more than fair. Uh, I think I've got my lucky 63 picked for Saturday, actually. Uh, shall we touch on some international group ones, my man? Why not? Uh, let's begin in America, where we've got Flightline. So you are a specialist when it comes to racing betting, but you are big on American racing as well, and on the dirt, in the TVG Pacific Classic Stakes Grade 1 at Del Mar, 1.30 our time. Uh, this will be live on Sky Sports Racing. Flightline will bid to become potentially the world's highest rated horse slash best horse. And... <laughs> well, having read an article, I can tell you right now that Flightline is better than that owl Hack Bayeed and he's better than him by 20 lengths and he's going to prove it on Sunday morning and Saturday night. Prove me wrong, Mark Milligan. <laughs> I think what you're referencing there is a rather strange article that appeared in the, the trade paper and on the, the website earlier on this week attempting to compare who are probably the two, the world's two best racehorses, but who run in completely different disciplines, don't they? One runs on the turf, the other runs on the dirt. Um, uh, the gist of the article was that I think Flightline had run 20 lengths faster than Baid. So they, they've got it. Anyway, we move on. See, the thing is, if <laughs> you expressed an opinion that I think Flightline's better than Baid, that's fine. If you come out and write, 
Norville style. Norville's back, by the way. He's back from the dead. Well, Mark Milligan, it's not the two best horses in the world. There's only one best horse in the world, and it's Flightline. And he's 20 lengths superior. You can see it on his times. Jesus Christ. He's had five starts, and he, run, as you said, runs on the dirt. It's like comparing a Gold Cup class chaser at Cheltenham to a Group 1 sprinter. Like this, the, unless these horses are going to transfer over, unless Flightline is going to transfer over to the turf, or Bayid is going to transfer to the dirt, neither of which is going to happen. It's just about what rating they get. It's not about who's better, because there's no comparing them. Uh, there's pointless comparisons, aren't they? What, what we have got are two very, legs. very good racehorses. But 20 lengths, man! If seen. he said, he's a length better. <laughs> he's a le- 20 lengths! Oh, take it away. <laughs> so, flight line, for those who don't know, is unbeaten in four starts. He's won those four starts by an aggregate of, about, I think, about 43 lengths or something. He was a, a grade one winner by 11 and a half lengths on just his third start, stepping up from six furlongs to seven furlongs. He then stepped up to a mile and won a grade one, the Met Mile at um, Belmont in June, when he didn't think have things go all his own way there, to be honest, and still won by six lengths. This is a very, very special racehorse. And on Saturday night, or the wee small hours of Sunday morning, we find out whether he's genuinely going to be a proper Breeders' Cup Classic contender because he gets to race over a mile and a quarter for the first time. Now, on pedigree, there should be no reason at all why he shouldn't stay a mile and a quarter. He's he's by Tappet, who most Tappets will get mile, mile and a quarter standing on their head in America. So there's no reason why he shouldn't get it. it. Obviously, until he actually goes out and does it, but the doubts are there, especially with a horse who's shown such speed over six furlongs, seven furlongs and a mile. But I think the, the key with Flightline is he's not a tear away. He's very tractable. He does settle. He'll give himself every chance of staying 10 furlongs. If, he, if There's a possibility he could be even better at 10 furlongs. And if he is, we're, we're dealing with something very, very special. It'd be worth staying up for, for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, or at least sky queuing it uh, and watching it back afterwards. But it's it's going to be intriguing. Um, who's the big danger to him? Country Grammar and Royal Ship are going to probably be the ones to to properly lay down. Express Train, is he, is he going to be a player? Yeah, I think so. Express Train goes very well in Southern California, trained by John Sheriffs, who's been one of the best conditioners there for, for many, many years. Of course... We know country grammar because he won the Dubai World Cup under Frankie Dottori. And, he's a, and because of Nelly's good, epic album. Yeah. <laughs> these are good grade one horses. They're not exceptional grade one horses. But what they do well is they all stay the mile and a quarter very well. So you could see one or two of them trying to put the heat on flight line here, try to take him out of his comfort zone really test that stamina. I would imagine that Flightline will go to the front because I think he's just faster than these early doors. It's then a case of can Flavian Pratt get him settled? How much pressure is he going to get 
from the runners to his outside when he's on the lead, are they going to try to make him go a step quicker than he really wants to go? And are they going to push him and try and test his stamina to the limit? Uh, there are loads and loads of fascinating subplots in here. It's just going to be a really, really interesting race to watch. It's going to be fascinating, all joking aside, and very intriguing with a view to the Breeders' Cup as to how he gets on. Um, he cost a million dollars. This will be his fifth start. He's already got $580,000 and he'll go over $1.1 million if he wins this. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, Frankie Dettori is jocked off another jockey. Uh, he'll be on board Torquato Tasso on Sunday in Baden-Baden um, as he continues his arc preparations. This will be the last, the finishing touches for his arc prep. He won it last year. Um... Uh, it's not that the jockey is unavailable. It's that Frankie has replaced him. Torquato Tasso. He's a, he's a bit of an enigma for me. I think he's a good horse. I think he almost won the arc by default last season. He was a very big prize, wasn't he? 72 to 1. I think a couple of the main players underperformed. He was beaten a long way on his comeback at Baden-Baden, but clearly needed that. He then won a grade two, a group two at Hamburg, and he was a good second to pile driver in the King George. It's kind of a King George that, I don't know your views on this, but it kind of just fell apart a little bit, didn't it? Um, I think Westover I think was the plan, too keen. Yeah, the plan they had with, uh, well, I mean, Westover was just a disaster, but I suspect that Irish Derby form is not really worth a hill of beans. Um, so I'd be concerned about him going forward. I, I saw there was a big thing about who's going to ride him in the arc. Is it Rob Hornby or Colin Keane? Who cares? He's not winning an arc. Uh, but it should be Colin Keane because he won the Irish Derby on him. So that makes sense. If he wants to ride, I'm sure he'll be on board. Um, the concern I would have about Torquato Tasso is he was great last year. It was heavy ground. And Hurricane Lane's been pretty dire this year. Adair hasn't run since. Sealaway's been pretty dire this year. It's not like that race has really stood up to any scrutiny. No, exactly. And hence my comments about him really almost winning it by default. I just think he's a he's a good horse. He's a good group one horse without being an exceptional group horse, uh, group one horse. That that said, he should win this, really. He'll then go on to the arc again, when he probably won't win it again. Probably, definitely won't win it if Baid shows up, I think. But uh, say fast, the fascinating subplot of, of Frankie Dettori taking the ride as well. Jocking off jockeys since the year 2000. Uh, what exactly did Rene Pilichuk apparently do wrong at Ascot? Because that was just a terrific ride from PJ McDonald. And he had been given detailed instructions by Martin Dwyer and, and William Muir as to what to do, and Chris Grassick for that matter, as to what to do. And he just went out. He didn't get to the front instantly, but once he did take the lead, um, he was... He kept him prominent, and once he just shakes him up at the... He takes over the lead at the two... Was it the two furlong marker? Am I remembering sure, this around, right? Was, that, there, yeah. was it the final turn? Becoming to the final turn, he retook the lead and went, good night. Um, and they just couldn't live with him. But a pile driver went past him like he was stood still, didn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he just went flying past a lot of them. Uh, you know, Mishraf has since been taken apart by Bayid, but to be fair to Mishraf, he got out of the gates well in the Jomont International and was finishing clear of, of the rest of them. I mean, Native Trail, what a disappointment that horse has turned out to be. Uh, another European champion juvenile who's not gone on. Um, I mean, just looking ahead to the arc, like, I think Paul Driver's going to be a big player in the arc. And Torquato Tasso is... Doesn't, doesn't get the respect he deserves, no, does he, Kyle? he really Driver? doesn't. He genuinely doesn't. I'm just going to take a quick look at it. Oh, Max Sweeney's still in the arc. That's optimistic, Jim. Um, play this back when he wins by five lengths. Uh, so like Alpinista's favourite. Uh, Torquato Tasso's second favourite with Kaluki. With title holder. And Paul Driver's third favourite. So I guess he is starting to get the respect. He's fourth in the list, but technically third favourite. It's got a very exciting uh, international campaign mapped out for Piledriver, I think, over the winter. Hong Kong, Japan, Dubai. Yeah, I know that Martin very much hopes to be back for Hong Kong, but he is really hoping that he's going to be back for the arc. Now, how the leg is, is holding up to the physio and how, how he's getting on with that, I don't know. I'll find that on TalkSport during the week, but I hope he makes it back for it. Peter Mulo. Karibis bids to get back on track. Ed Walker has a runner. I'll talk to him uh, tomorrow about that horse on uh, on TalkSport. And uh, Order of Australia is out for another trip to France. If Karibis bounces back, he wins this. If he bounces back. Actually, does he? Because that St. James's Palace takes... I mean, he, he's only won that by a head. And it was a three-year-old group one. Now you're up against everything. So if there's anything in here that's half decent, Krebus is vulnerable on the basis of what he did last time out. Yeah, I think he was he was poor, wasn't he, at Deauville last yeah. time? Let's take nothing away from Inspiral, who's a a very good filly, a filly who deadly. Tell you how good she was. William Haggis actually said to me, uh, "We're the leaders in the miling division," and then got went. Although Inspiral might have something to say about that now. He was talking about Bayid. You out of your mm. mind? But that's that's <laughs> how how good he thought she was. It's like, oh, and, and Spiral might have something to say about that now. It's interesting, isn't it? That um, he'd been out. I think he'd been out with an abscess, hadn't he, for for nine weeks after Ascot Caribus. Now I just wonder if whether he was fully over that and whether he was maybe running a little bit through the pain barrier or not. But, you know, it, it's hard to recommend him until you see that he's still capable of the sort of form he showed. Let's, let's be honest, the, the 2000 Guineas run was a really good run. Yes, Native Trail hasn't really gone on, but we're not going to knock Luxembourg, are we, who is clearly a very good horse. I'm not sure how much depth there was behind those and then I think that's when you can start picking holes in Caribus. the St James's Palace he would have lost that if Maldum had got a better run through Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that at all Maldum's probably one of the well, would have been the unluckiest loser at the entire Royal Ascot meeting but I, I want to see Caribus come back after that run. I, I couldn't recommend anyone backing a horse on the, the back of that sort of run that he put up at Deauville last time, particularly a horse who's had problems. You don't know if they're ever going to return to their best. So I'd probably 
I'd probably be looking elsewhere, I think. I mean, he's got to turn the form around with Order of Australia as well. The thing that really concerned me was, and you're right to point out the fact that he missed the Sussex and he was out for nine weeks, but when the trainer starts talking about he's got so much speed we could drop him back to seven, like, that sounds great, and it's nice for the for the bloodstock brochure and all that. But when you're trying to figure out why your horse has not performed in a group one, and Charlie Appleby is incredibly adept at having horses ready to perform on the big stage, even on the back of, of setbacks, and you start talking about dropping back and trip, that's when I worry. Mm. So I'd love to see him win this because he's, he's a high-class horse. And it's worth bearing in mind that while Native Trail has been a huge disappointment this year, I mean, that Irish Guineas he won was awful. Ireland's got a big problem. There's a great article from Richie Forrestal in the Racing Post, but where have all the good Irish horses gone? It's a really good article. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. And I would happily have Richie on the show if the Racing Post weren't so precious. Um... I mean, it's gas. Like, Racing Post personnel can go on pretty much any other show. They're not allowed to come on this one, though. <laughs> they can be on with me on TalkSport, but they can't come on the final furlong. Because the final furlong, for the longest time, has been a direct competitor to them in the podcast market. Is there any sense to that? No. Each racing podcast can support one another. We're not bad for each other. We're good for one another. But the Racing Post don't see it that way. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but his article is excellent. And Richie Forrestal is one of the best in the business. And there is this attitude. I keep saying England and Ireland, the UK and Ireland. I keep saying British and Irish racing have to look at this. But there are some people who just keep bashing British racing from Ireland, throwing stones and acting like everything's fine. It's not. There's some major problems in Irish racing. And uh, Richie Forrestal spells that out terrifically well. I mean, who are, who are the Irish runners in this group one? Order of Australia. Ay, 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 ay. Um, and that Irish Guineas was brutal, and the Irish Derby was brutal. The Irish Oaks wasn't much better. But anyway, there you go. There's your preview for the weekend. Who's your nap? My nap will be first ruler at Ascot. Ryan Moore riding for Charlie Appleby and Goodall. Teaming up with the enemy. Um, triple time is my nap. Triple time, who I believe with Kaluki. Let me just confirm the price here. Yeah, six to one. I just wanted to make sure it hadn't changed since we started recording. Six to one, triple time. Let's kick things off with a win. Let's do the each way scumbag double. Let's figure out who else to throw in here to make it a patent. First view. Wouldn't put you off. First view. First ruler. Triple time. There's the each way patent. And we're swimming in gravy. Uh, that's it. Back again next week to talk about the big racing stories and look back on some of the highlights in the weekend, particularly those uh, very interesting group ones. And um, we've got the stable tour at uh, 
the uh, open day at Gordon Elliott's on Sunday, all about Sunday. Um, there is also then multiple previews next week. Uh, Mark is on both for Irish Champions Weekend and for the Doncaster St. Ledger meeting. Isn't it mad to think that the St. Ledger and Irish Champions Weekend are on the way? Uh, and we've also got some jumps podcasts coming away. The first one next week. Oi, oi. So, uh, yeah, we've got, a, we've got an old friend of the show on next week talking jumps racing. And I'm looking forward to getting into a proper jumps chat. Uh, Mark. Pleasure as always, my friend. Talk to you next week. Lovely. And I'll talk to you Friday, Talk Sport 2, and next week on the Final Furlong Podcast. Be safe, be well. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry de Bromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com.